Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Welcome to Bethel Church. I'm Chad. I'm the lead pastor here at Bethel. Uh, This morning, we get to do something different that we haven't done in a few years because, well, we're allowed to travel. And so this morning, we're doing a Mission Sunday, and we have Kim and Conroy here with other special guests that they're going to introduce you to. But Kim and Conroy lead a missions uh, organization and work down in the Dominican Republic, and they're going to share this morning what they do down there and how you can help and be in ministry down there. So I'm going to ask Conroy to come, and he's going to begin the presentation this morning. Good morning. Uh, We are going to go to some slides in a few minutes, and I have a few different people that are going to come up. Um, But welcome here to church today, a different type of service. Um, Before I get started, there's always this housekeeping and um, the hurricane. There There is an opportunity to put cash, checks, or debit card in the lobby. And I guarantee you, your money will be down there by Friday because Guido's going to take it with him. And so we have lots of houses without roofs, ministries center without a roof, water everywhere. And we will show you a couple of slides at the end of the program. But that money can be down there by Friday, but there are no tax receipts for it. It's only a love offering. All right. Uh, introducing, we have uh, Mark Benziel here from Chicago. Mark has been on our mission trips the last couple of years. Uh, Kim and I facilitated a group with him years ago, and he has the Mission Goal pamphlet in the lobby, and you can also sign up for an email from him or to support him. That is in the lobby and in the lobby as well. Guido Pena from Dominican, and Guido is Haitian by background, and he has the Paniba program, which we've been working on the last seven years. And uh, we, we say, why missions, you know? And the past services we've had here for the last few months, we've talked about being engaged as a church, to be part of it, to live a life of commitment to this church, to put God's kingdom work in action with our time, our energy, our resources. And quite often, too, though, I notice that we get this woe is me thing, and, you know, it's, it's a little bit about me, and man, I got aches and pains, and I have to surrender my sorrows, and I'm lonely, depressed, poor, I'm unemployed, and, and I get all that, but sometimes we miss the big picture of the world itself, and that's what missions is about. Now, I have this thing that I do with Kim once in a while. She has migraines and a few aches and pains, and I'm a carpenter, and I have a hammer, and I say, if you just put your finger there, I have a pain diversion ministry, (laughs) and she always puts me off. But sometimes our pain or, or things that we have going on with us, sometimes we need to physically think about diverting that to other things as well, you know. And, uh, deep down the pain is not really who we are. Uh, with all that we have in this country, you know. Uh, with all that you have through Christ, uh, with all that you have in this church, the people that you're with, you know, you have victory every day, all right? Daily, all the time, we live a life of victory, all right? So being in this victorious position leads or guides us to who we are and, more importantly, what we're going to do and we are, where we are headed, all right? Where we are headed. And as was preached last Sunday, Chad loves it when I talk about his old sermons. (laughs) But uh, last Sunday we were talking about being part of this church body for eight particular reasons. And they are all important, but we soon forget about, again, the big picture. You know, the world as God sees it. And so today we wish to just share a little bit of our ministry, uh, an external part of this church the reason why it is important to be a part of this church body as well, but on the world stage, all right? So on the first slide, 
um, if they are ready. Kim and I, we, um, if anybody of you remember the Bethel Pentecostal Church downtown, the Christian Reformed Church bought it, and Kim and I became members there when we got married, and a uh, uh, missionary from, from Dominican, and he said, you know, we need all these churches and stuff built. If you just say, I'm going to come, you can go. And so back in 1989 or 1990, 87, Kim and I said, we will go. And that was our first trip out of 20 in the last 30 years. Um, the ministry there is well, it's healthy, the church is doing well. Guido will talk about that. Um, but going back to that slide for a second, about seven years ago, this is a group from Clinton and Venastra that we facilitated. And you see a building there where we ripped the truss roof off and we started with this new ministry center in Guaymate. And at that ministry center, um, these people helped. Shortly after the floor was poured, Mark came with a group from Chicago and they put the second floor on. And going to the next slide, you'll see the ministry center on the right in 19, I think that's about three years ago. We were just finishing up with rooms and stuff. And on the left is a salon, which is called the breakfast room, which is not in that building. It's at the front of it. And so we're just going to take you through some slides. We have a couple people who are just going to mention some of the ministries that are going on there. It's a busy place there. We work in a 10 or 12 different villages. We have about six or seven different programs going on. And the great news is that these programs all went on right through COVID. So, All right, so I'm going to have um, Mark come up. And he's going to speak to his ministry there. Oh, I have one more slide, actually, with the volunteers. Um, so this is the people on the ground that we have there, uh, missionaries, teachers, cooks, that sort of thing. And these are people that are active there. And a lot of them get paid by, the, by us here, the money that we raise here. And on the next slide, you'll see uh, Guido, Pastor Mano, Pastor Andres, and there's Mark there with Adelio, and these fellows are more the management of the ministry down there. All right. Um, and then on the next slide, we have Kim and myself. And the next slide after that is a workshop. So we have a workshop there. We have a sewing program. We have feeding programs and that sort of thing and a vision clinic. And so I'll have Mark come up and talk about the vision clinic. Oh, Kimmy's first. Uh, so I'm doing the sewing program. So if we could bring up that first slide from the sewing program. So once that, uh, yeah, so once the second floor went on in the mission center, that was around 2015, um, we had teams come um, to finish the dormitories, which are those rooms that you saw along the side there. And one of those rooms um, has the sewing center in it as well. Um, so we started out, if you look in the top left corner, we started out with, that was kind of our first donation and our first spot where our sewing happened, which was just in a small room off of the main, um, the main, uh, I would, I would call it like the eating center, but it was also the meeting room. Um, so our donation of sewing machines began about 2016 to 2018. Um, and then each year we would bring a few down and then we raised enough money to actually purchase some brand new ones because, as you know, used sewing machines usually have problems. And fixing a sewing machine in the Dominican is almost an impossibility if you can't find the replacement parts because it's an island and they just don't have sewing centers down there. Um, so we used the general meeting space in 2018 and 2019. Um, and in the next slide, what I'm going to show you is um, as we got into um, the sewing program, we were able to hire a teacher in our absences because we were only there for two weeks of the year. Um, you know, we'd hoped to go every year, which obviously didn't happen during COVID, but they had hired a teacher already, and she was an experienced um, uh, home economics teacher who taught specifically sewing lessons to approximately, I would say, about 20 to 25 ladies. So each time we came down in 2018 and 2019, 
these ladies, um, we, we had a special graduation program for them, gave them a certificate, um, had a little, um, you know, dessert social afterwards, and they brought their wares. So take a look at some of those pictures there. And you can see in those pictures that they, they made table uh, runners. They have, in the Dominican, their kitchens are often um, outdoors or, you know, they have open-air kitchens. So a lot of their appliances get really dusty and dirty. So they made appliance covers, like um, blender covers. And they always drink water in those great big jugs. So they had water covers for them. And um, the previous slide showed the curtains. If we could go back to that one for a minute. Now, those curtains were all made by the ladies. And they all use um, very light curtains in the Dominican so that the breeze can blow through. Everything's open. They don't usually have air conditioning. So we were really pleased to see that in the two years, um, these ladies were really, really learning amazing um, gifts of being able to use that gift of um, sewing to enhance their home. And also, um, there was, let's go to the next slide here. After the graduation program, there was a few of, of them spoke, and they give their testimony. Um, and they just said, you know, God's really blessed me with this gift now because I can bless others in my church. Um, and... Hosanna, who is in charge of the ladies' ministry down there, she, she encouraged the ladies to do the one-third, one-third, one-third. And I said, well, what's that? She said, well, one-third of it goes to the church, you know, whatever you make if you sell any of your wares. One-third of it can go in your pocket, and the other third you need to reinvest and buy more material, and then you have a business. Because you have to realize that these ladies, you know, they just don't, they don't have ways of making money down there um, and getting jobs as easily. Um, so a lot of them are stay-at-home moms, and they, they need to somehow, you know, carry on. And this has been going on very, very well. Um, so we're really happy to see that, that this has just really taken off very well. Um, so the next slide, if, you, if we can, shows Hosanna and all of us um, uh, having a, uh, well, I guess this is the next one after that. So this is all of the uh, wares that they made, the beautiful things, um, even a bedspread. I was just so impressed that one of them made a bedspread. Um, and then the last one is just our current sewing room right here. And uh, some of the team members that came down and helped us. Um, it was just a, it's a wonderful experience if you get a chance. And you don't have to be gifted in sewing if you do go. You know, we can put you in charge of uh, helping out, you know, with other areas as well. Um, so we're going to move on to the feeding program, okay? So the children's feeding program is not just food. Um, it's, it's been going on since tw uh, 2016, and once the mission center was built, we started um, in the mission center of Guaymate. So we can look at the next slide. Here are some of the children from Guaymate. Our gifted photographer, Brian, every time he comes down with us, takes these amazing pictures. And um, all of these children, every time we see them a year later, they've grown up so much. It's incredible. Um, but these are, these are our children, some of them that are at the mission center. Um, we also now have branched out into two bates, so perfect. Yes, we are doing the feeding program in two outlying villages. I wrote three because that is kind of our goal. Um, the third one um, has prayer ministry um, and other things um, with the seniors, which we'll talk about later. But there's a, there's a standard meal there. Um, the children get uh, individual sessions with a Christian psychologist, that's available um, for anyone go undergoing trauma and difficulties. Um, and this Christian psychologist will pray with them as well. They have teachers. They have so many amazing volunteers. And the half-day program is just not a feeding program. Um, we can go to the next slide as well with the children after the meals. Um, our half-day program has a math and language class, a lesson, a teacher, a Sunday school lesson, scripture, memory work, uh, praise time, and then a meal. So it's just, it's very, 
you know, all inclusive, all involved. It's once a month, um, and then it happens in the mission center once a month, and then in another bate once a month, and in another bate. So three out of four um, Saturdays it goes on. And there's a time where we were all together and praising, so we had a wonderful time doing that. When we go down as a team, we often bring supplies with us for school, um, for small toys. We bring treats. We had teddy bears the one year that were donated by the Culletons. Um, it, it was, it's just an amazing program, um, you know, and the, the children's eyes just light up. Um, this was, we just went broke, broke out in spontaneous praise dancing downstairs together the one time. And boy, Gary had lots of uh, energy there, Gary. <laughs> I was pretty impressed. But, you know, it's just a, it's a wonderful bonding time with the children. And uh, we just love, we just love being part of that. So I'm going to move on to um, Mark now. Mark's going to talk about the Vision Clinic. Thank you. Yes, my name's Mark Van Zilt. I'm with Mission Go. Um, and part of my mission is to primarily support PANIBA and the feeding program in, in the, the people in the Dominican Republic. But the other part of what I do is I support the, uh, the, the vision program in, the, in these uh, uh, groups that go down. Um, if you can go to that first slide there. Um, yeah, this is the start of uh, this is how the vision clinic starts. Um, that's basically me um, uh, doing some uh, uh, the, uh, the testing. But the, the vision clinic really only needs one person that's skilled. Uh, when I started going on missions trips, I realized that most of the missions trips were uh, construction-related. And when I went down there, a lot of the people there either, or not a lot of the people, some of the people felt out of place because they didn't e either feel the ability to do construction or didn't have the desire to do construction. So they felt a little bit out of, out of place. Um, so I looked for... Um, something that could, I, could, I could fill in those gaps and help uh, people that maybe weren't as competent or des desired to do construction. Uh, and I found uh, uh, the vision uh, program as being a really good thing. Only I had to be trained. Uh, you can go to the next slide. Um, and, yeah, so basically what I do is I have these flippers, and I just kind of go between them uh, and ask them, is this better or is this better? Uh, a or B for the first one or second one, and we, we fine tune what their vision would be like. We're not trying to make it perfect, their, their vision perfect. It's not like going to an eye doctor in the United States. Um, it's just to improve it. Some of these people have, can't even read their Bible, and it's so exciting when I see them um, when I, and I get the glasses for them, and they're able to, to now read the Bible again. Or if they're able to, they weren't able to drive. Now they can drive, uh, and that's so that's really wonderful. If you want to go to the next slide. I just, I just want to go through the process of what happens um, on the, uh, 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 for the volunteers. Uh, we need one person to check in the people. The people, then uh, that person has to, we, has to collect their name, their, their, where they're from, um, whether or not they're Christian, and we'll talk about why they, we need that later. And then the last thing is whether or not they want to fix their close vision or their far vision, to be able to read or their distance. Um, from there, we need to go into a, rate, a waiting area because we have a lot of people um, and we need somebody to help guide people through this whole process because there's a lot of people waiting and they don't always, always know where to go. So we need somebody helping there. After that, they go to me and I do this, the flipper test, and I find out what the prescription should be for them. Um, and if you want to go to the next, the next one. From there, we go to a, um, the table there where somebody will then f try to fit glasses onto them. Um, and this is kind of a process because the glasses are all donated. My testing is not perfect, so it's not going to be exact, um, but the glasses aren't perfect either. Sometimes the, eye, the vision in one eye is different than the other. Maybe there's a, uh, the, the distance between the eyes is a little bit different. Um, and so these people have to help, help them find a glass that will fit them and will actually help their vision. Picking from a, a, a group of uh, glasses that have all of the prescriptions listed on them. Um, and if you could pull that, that oh, you, yeah. The, but then the, the, the final thing that I think is the most important is the last part, and that's when we, where we ask them whether or not they're a Christian. If they were a Christian, we're going to pray with them. We want to ask them what their needs were and if we can pray with them. And it's very important that we have a, one of our English people down there, or I'd like to have one of our English people down there to, to pray with them, and then we have a translator with them. Um, but if they are not a Christian, we also like to share the gospel with them. 
Um, and this is really neat because we have a, an English person sharing the gospel with a, with a program that I, I give them a, a list of what they can do, how, the, how to share the gospel. Uh, and it's translated with uh, the translator there. And what's nice about that is because we invariably we have several people that do give their life to Christ. And it's a really exciting time for us to do that. But it's also really nice because some of the... Um, uh, some of the people that are coming down there from our team have never shared the gospel, and this is their opportunity, and they get really excited about that as well, as well as the translators. They are generally Christians that are volunteers, and this is their first time sometimes ever sharing the gospel. So we're not just creating Christians, we're creating people that can share the gospel after the fact. Um, and so that's, that's, that's what we do in the vision, vision clinic, and it's a really great part of the, uh, of the, the short-term teams. So now I'd like to ask uh, uh, Ruth to come up, give her example of uh, what she has done. Thanks, Mark. Um, first of all, I would like to commend Kim and Conroy for um, responding to what the Lord has called on their life for missions because... Um, that can be pretty specific, um, as Richard and I had, have had that same on ours, and so you have to be pretty committed to, to follow through in that. So I really respect both of you for doing that. Um, so I'm just going to speak uh, to the overall mission experience, and then um, for those that are running the slides, I'm just going to tell you to pop through them as I speak. Um, so with that organization being led by Kim and Conroy. Everything is already laid out for you, um, and I'm going to try to solicit those that are thinking, I should try a missions trip, because um, no matter what, whether you've been on one or not, or whether you never have, it will change your life, and uh, we really would encourage you to do that. So everything that Kim and Conroy have already laid out, it's very... Uh, easy to do. There will be lots of information that's given to you and every document that you need and your passports and all that stuff. Um, that information is given. Um, there will be enough meetings given to make you feel comfortable. Um, and then there's also the specifics of fundraising to go on this trip. So that's absolutely necessary, but they're always fun. It just develops that camaraderie between everybody. So uh, the fundraising efforts will take place. And um, so once you get everything organized, or when we have gone um, to get everything organized and ready to go, and then when you get on that plane, and everybody is so excited and lots covered in prayer, believe me, um, then you start on that trip, and there are devotions that we do together. We always eat together. We fellowship together. We have church together. Um, and we bunk together. Uh, <laughs> uh, you d oh, my goodness. You get to know people so well, and people got to know me so well. But it's so much fun, just like being back in camp when you were younger. Um, but that experience is well worth it in itself. You develop so many good friendships that you never thought you'd ever have. Um, and the other thing I'd like to speak with, uh, too, and again, I can compare it to what Richard and I used to do with Russia when we went there, is um, the Spirit of the Lord always goes before us. When he calls you to do something, he's already gone ahead of you and prepared the way. And that is good because there are language barriers, and you will not always have an interpreter with you. But when you wear the Spirit of Christ on you and within you, he'll do the rest. And we have seen that so many times, and especially with down in the Dominican when um, you've got these little wee kids and they haven't a clue what you're talking about, uh, other than when you're saying Jesus loves you. And then, but if you smile at them and give them a big hug, they respond immediately, and they're... Um, well worth the trip in itself, watching these little beautiful kids, whether it's um, at the headquarters or going out to the Bates where all these little kids live with their mums or mums and dads, and watching them, how, how well they do um, surviving 
in uh, some very desperate times. But um, we, the programs that were set up for uh, fun and games, it just takes off like crazy. And to be part of that, to give of yourself, to invest in a little child's life, or even uh, gentlemen, I think we've all met um, in Abate, and I don't know if he's even still alive now. He was, he is, would he be 103 now? What, what? Oh, he's 110. There you go. Lots of sunshine makes you grow old. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just amazing, and the gratitude they show. Um, so when you go down there as a believer and you share the love of Christ as we do here, um, it makes a difference. And as we sang this morning, that darkness can be dispelled by the love of Christ. And that's what we've had a chance to do. And you, you look at these beautiful, beautiful kids and their desire just to have fun. And that's what we can bring them. So go with a heart of thanksgiving for what you have and be willing to share that with others. And I think Mr. Brian Wilson's coming, the photographer. Thank you. Yeah, I'm one of those people that uh, maybe not so great at construction. <laughs> My background was recreation, so what do you expect? Um, but uh, I guess when it comes to prayer and worship, which, which I'm going to be talking about in uh, Sunday worship, I found the people in Dominican Republic to be open, their worship to be open, meaningful, and genuine. Um, we can just see that first slide. When we first went down, when Mark told us, and we, we got, went down the roster to see what our jobs were going to be for the eye clinic, mine came up as counseling. That meant I was going to be the guy at the end. And I had my uh, Moses moment, as everybody does. When you're asked to do something, you go, well, I can't do that. You know, and... and uh, but, um, yes, God basically showed me that, yeah, you can't, but I can. And uh, so once I did a lot of prayer, Holy Spirit took over. And uh, with Holy Spirit's help and Mark's little script, and Holy Spirit quickly took me off script, uh, and uh, I was able to share personally from my, from my own uh, testimony and how I got saved. All I had to do is sh share that with them. And then, pass them. don't you want to open that door? Uh, anyway, so, but one of the scriptures that's come to me in the last couple of years and really fits this. Um, and if you're thinking of something like this, First uh, Peter 5 and 6 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he will lift you up. And I, for three days, I felt lifted up. And I was forced into a situation, in a sense, because you get the card, you know, and one says, Christian, okay, so, and that's one thing, the open, they were open to prayer, didn't matter where they were. And, uh, and just enough through the three days, somebody would want to pray for me. And I'd get prayed for by one of the local people. And that lifted me up. Um, so, but every once in a while, you get a slip that says, not Christian. So then you had to share the gospel. And, but I didn't feel that way about it. Because the Holy Spirit was there. And I just felt like, okay, this is the thing to do. And uh, I think if, if, if you have uh, some fears around that, I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't really tell you. I can see the faces of the people who gave their heart to the Lord, a few of them. Uh, but ultimately, I couldn't really tell you what I, exactly what I said or what the formula was. It changed. I will tell you that um, nobody beat me up. <laughs> Everybody was open to hear it. I do, do remember, and if you look at the slide, if we could bring that slide back up, you'll see my uh, 
uh, making Padre Ricardo there, and we were sharing the gospel with some folks, and he will share with you if you want to talk to him about that. And that's our translator. Adolfo was our translator for a lot, a lot of it. Um, and so that's all taken care of for you. Um, getting back to my notes here. Um, anyway, many heard the gospel and accepted Christ as Savior. And, um, and some accepted the Christ as Savior. And, but all accepted prayer. Didn't matter what they were and what it was. Um, and uh, the Sunday worship, if we can go to the next slide. There we are. Um, Sunday worship was, uh, again, very genuine and very uh, meaningful. And a little story about it being meaningful. We, we, uh, if we show the slide of the washing of the feet, I think it's the next one there on on the right of your screen, I was, uh, of course, photog- I was a photographer, so I am taking pictures and videoing and uh, the washing of the feet. And one gentleman just came over, and he gently blocked my camera. Not in an awful way. He just did it. And I knew right then that this was meaningful. And there was a certain reverence about it. And he didn't want pictures taken, care, care, taken. So what I do, I just put my camera away and walk away. And uh, so it's meaningful. And the genuineness, like if we, if we can show that uh, slide of the children coming at the end, that's the third there on the, that would be the left side of your screen there. This is the genuineness. This is from, this starts, they're outside, they're, they do their uh, lesson, which is also, again, meaningful. And, and it comes from a tradition and a culture that's steeped in Christ. These churches in the Batais are the center of the community. There's really no other building like it. The, com- the community is, is, uh, is built around that almost, or the church is put in a place that it's, it's centered. And... Um, not everybody was inside the church, but most of the community was somewhere within about 100 feet of that church when we were there. It became the center of the community. Um, and I just think, uh, in summing up, I just... Um, uh, we talk about mission trips changing us. I was definitely changed. Um, And just summing up, this is a culture of tradition and reverence with a devotion and thankfulness to God. And uh, that's it. Thank you. Buenos dias. Oh, thank you. You are alive. <laughs> um, thank you for having us this morning in this, in this place. Um, we are very happy to be here today. Even my English is not very clear. But I, I want to, to say something about uh, the... You support, you cooperation, you prayer, everything you do for Paniva in the Dominican Republic. Um, podemos ver la, situ- la situación de los ancianos. Okay, so we're going to look at the situation of the elderly. Program. Eh, tenemos un anciano aquí que tiene 110 años. Podemos ver cómo estamos organizando para entregar alimentos a los a un, ancianos. Okay, so, uh, 
Ahora tenemos 22. Okay. Aquellos hombres inmigraron de Haití en los años 40, 45. Estos señores inmigraron de Haití en los años 40, 43, 45 y se quedaron. Ya. From Haiti en since in 1945 and por eso que quedaron sin familia. Ya no tienen familia. They don't have family there. No tienen hijos. Y, y son ancianos. And they're, they're elderly. No tienen una pensión. They don't have a pension or, ¿Cómo so, pueden sobrevivir? How they can survive. How can they survive? Por eso que le agradecemos una manera muy especial a ustedes. Agradecemos. Uh, he's very thankful for your help in this. Una manera especial. Uh, in this manner, special manner. A ustedes. Of you, of you, of you por all. soportar esos ancianos. For supporting these uh, elderly people. Okay. I have a question this morning. It's, it's very quick. I don't know if somebody of you, you have been hungry sometimes. Somebody have been hungry sometimes. But let me say you something about my life. It's very quick. I immigrated from Haiti when I was 10 years old. I left mom and dad in Haiti because uh, the, the situation is not very good from, for, for us. And uh, I crossing the border and getting in the Dominican Republic, try to find something to do for, my, for myself. And then where, where I have to go? I, I can't stay in the city. I don't know somebody in the, in the town. I have to immigrate to the Batey. In the Batey, where no school, no water, no city water, no, no lights, no latrine, no supermarket, no nothing. And you have to survive. But that's why I put my hand In, the, in, 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 that, uh, in that program to try to help the other people who live in the Bate because I know what it means hungry. Exactly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. Good. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Okay. Okay. That is your door or your door? Okay. Okay. Now I want to say you about the sugar, the bitter sugar. The bitter sugar, you know when the sugar not sweet? You know that? If you live in some place day and night and always is black. That is the situation. When you live in, 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 in the community, for your day and night is the same. You lost the hope. You say no more, no more opportunity for me. That is the old elderly living in the batay. They coming from Haiti and immigrate to the batay because it's the best place for them. To survive, but uh, working in the sugarcane factory, the government doesn't care about them, and the the manager only they need the worker. If you die, you die. If you survive, you survive. I'm not care. When you can't work anymore, they kick you out of the house. I need young men now. But uh, what you can do? When you put your hand, 
you shake hands with somebody like this man. He is 110 years. On the left there, the, far, the, the person on the far left. Yeah. Before we have this organization, he can smile. But now, he said, I can smile. I have good mind now. Thank you, Lord, for, for the missionary. Thank you, Lord, for the pastor. Giving food to us every, year, every month. Your money make big, big, big fact. Big difference. Big difference. Mm. Big challenge. You are a step, a step. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, so Guido has brought down for us three plaques to um, give to our church and to the missionaries, the short-term missionaries. Um, they are right here, so I'm going to have him present them to each of the different people and groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom. Um, En esta mañana queremos agradecer una manera especial a dos señores, unas, un señor y una señora que se llama Conroy. Puede pasar por aquí, por favor. Pasa por aquí, Conroy. Inmediatamente pase por aquí. Le vamos a hacer entrega una placa que dice Programa de Alimentación Niños de Mi Batey Paniba. Tiene el honor de conocer al señor Conroy Stewart y Kim Stewart por haber dedicado su tiempo a favor del programa Paniba. Tiene el placer de agradecer de una manera especial por su buena labor humanitaria, por trabajar con, el, con tantos esfuerzos en favor de los niños y ancianos, que Dios les bendiga en gran manera. Bendic Bienaventurado el que piensa en el pobre, en el día malo lo librará Jehová. Salmo 41, 1. I'll just translate that. For having dedicated their time to the program, we thank Kim and Conroy. Um, and we give um, in such a special manner for having put their humanitarian labor to practice in the feeding program. Okay. And he has a verse from the Psalms. Okay, I'm, okay. okay so Mark, Mark, if you could come up. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to translate it while you give it to Brian. So... So Brian uh, or um, Mark for having uh, the strength and um, being such a major part of this program of the team of PANIBA, which stands for um, Feeding Program uh, for Children and Elderly in the Back Days. That's what the PANIBA is translated in Spanish. And for your dedication and collaboration um, in this PENIBA, we thank you very much. The president will consider the poor in the in yes. time trouble. Jesus, in the time of trouble. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus. make you free. Yes, we'll make you free. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay, and Brian is going to dedicate this one to our church. Okay. Yeah. You can give it to him. 
You go ahead. Okay. So for, for having uh, sustained very, um, let me see here, over the years very um, uh, greatly, uh, we thank you and we give you, um, you've, you've given such a wonderful pastoral family on this side of Canada um, through your congregation to our congregation and for giving all the necessary things that we need for this program to exist. We thank you. That last plaque was for all of you. You need to know that. It's going to be hanging in the lobby, so... Um, yeah. So we just have one slide here from the uh, sugarcane harvest. I think you should see this. Um, everybody that's, we've had about 30 people go down on the trip, and it's the slide with the sugarcane carts and the oxen. And when people go down and see this, and they go like, "Is are you serious? Like seriously? These guys cut this cane and they load this by hand. And this is a picture from your Bible way back in the day. And we see this picture every year when they harvest for six to eight months. And that's what it is, these cattle and these carts. And there's 250,000 acres of sugar cane that are harvested by hand. And these workers in these bates, they slave. They're lucky if they cut a ton per day. And that picture just sums up what, what, what it's all about, what they do. So. I've got a couple slides just on the hurricane. Um, you'll just see here, this is in about 20 minutes from where we work in uh, La Romana. And then the next slide has a few pictures of the, sh of the uh, mission center we just built and the trees and power lines, everything's down. I don't know how long it's going to take all to fix all this, but uh, the third picture and fourth picture again shows the destruction, which just happened on Monday and Tuesday. And I guess now we have trouble out east as well in Halifax and stuff like that. And uh, it's always a serious risk there, a serious problem. Um, there's a couple slides coming up just quickly of a couple groups that went down from this church. So I think we've had 30 different people from this church go, and we really appreciate them and all the work and the luggage that they bring and all the gifts. And so if you're interested in going, the last slide here, we have a trip. We're going to be going in February. I think the COVID risk is gone for us. And so we have an info meeting Wednesday, September the 28th, this Wednesday at 7.30 at the church here. And uh, if you're, even if you're not going and you're just interested, uh, Guido will be there. Mark is leaving for the States again tomorrow when we go to uh, Buffalo. But uh, there's a sign-up sheet is out here as well. So uh, hope you enjoyed the service, and God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Kim and Conroy. And for those that are new to Bethel and aren't aware of it, Kim and Conroy call Bethel home. They've been here for how many years? 16 years. Uh, Conroy is one of our board of directors. And if you are ever received a meal from the meal train, I'm willing to guess that one of them probably came from Kim. And so they are just an incredible couple. This is part of their heart. And Guido, I don't think I knew all of your story that you left home at 10. And that blows my mind that at 10 years old, it was better for you to go. And so if you have an opportunity or if you're just interested, I encourage you to go to this info meeting on Wednesday night. Um, the amazing thing is this. When I went on my first missions trip, it was to Dominican with this team. And I went down to help them. And when I came home, I don't know how much change I brought in their lives, but it impacted my life more. And I know Brian and I have spoken about how his time praying with people down there changed his life. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of this and go. Also, um, after the service, they have a table in the lobby. Make sure you stop by there. I encourage you to give as well. And then also, after the service, you can get some more information there. Um, if you have any more questions about the sugarcane, I will tell you that in my office, I have one of the knives that they use to cut sugarcane. Um, I don't know if I should confess this, but it's not really a knife. It's a machete. And so 
I have one. And uh, I brought that home with me. And so um, let's stand together. We're going to close in prayer. Kim and Conroy and Guido and Mark, will you come and just stand in front of me for a moment? If I have any more of the board of directors in the room, if you don't mind, come quick. And then pastoral staff, if you're in the room, come quick as well. And I just want to cover them in prayer and just pray over them. And because as you heard, Mark's heading back uh, very soon and Guido heads out, I think, on Friday. And so we just want to pray a covering over them. And so if you, the whole church, if you could extend your hands towards them. Father, I thank you for this team. And Lord, what they do in the Dominican and what they do in Guatemala. And Lord, I just pray for strength and protection. Lord, as Guido heads back in, at the end of the week, Lord, that he goes not just uh, renewed from just a little bit of time away, but Father, I pray for a fresh strengthening in him, just physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Lord, I pray that he goes home with full pockets, that Lord, he's able to do ministry down there. And so, Lord, I just pray right now a renewing of this man, that you will strengthen him. And, Lord, over Mark, as he is leading a ministry and searching for glasses and finances, Lord, a continue blessing over him as well. Protect him as he travels many times to the Dominican and over his family while he's away. And so, Father, over Kim and Conroy, I thank you for their fresh vision in this ministry. And that, Lord, you will continue to guide them and lead them, give them the strength they need. I thank you for the vision they see of the future, the vision you've given them as a couple. And so, Lord, I pray for an abundance over them as well. And again, protection over them as they travel and as they invest. And so, Lord, I just pray over all the missionaries that we support. That, Lord, right now, no matter where they are in the world, that, Lord, they sense your presence. They sense your covering. And Lord, they even know this morning that, Lord, at 1140 a.m., that, Lord, we were praying over them. And so, Father, I thank you for the work that they're doing. And, Lord, protect all of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to send you guys ahead out to the lobby. And so you can get out there um, before I dismiss everybody. So I'm literally just stalling so they can get to the lobby before you go. I know some of you are like, I already want to go. Just wait a second. Let them out first. Um, But if you go to the website, you're going to see all the small groups to sign up for. You're going to see the parenting course to sign up for. If you have not downloaded the Church Center app on your phone, please do that. You can check right on there for groups and signups for all the events that we are doing. And I've stalled long enough. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 